Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. I'm joined today by our guest, Gerald. There, let's say hello. What's up? <clears throat> he is a real estate agent, and we are going to be discussing... Well, what are we discussing? Whatever topics you got. Yeah, we're going to kind of go over a few things. Obviously, the big topic right now is the market with COVID-19. Yep. Um, and we'll just kind of touch base and a lot of things that people just don't understand about real estate, the, the process, how things work, how an agent works. Sounds good. I'll give you the floor, man. Cool. Well, let's just jump right into, uh, I'm, I'm uh, with Remax. I've been there for, for about three years. Uh, I'm kind of like Mike in the sense of uh, jack of all trades, master of none. I've, I've been through paint, carpet. Uh, I worked with Mike actually in, in fire fire alarms um, did some installs there car sales finally made it around to real estate and that's kind of stuck what I love to do so um, I'm on a team uh, my partner's been in for for about 13 years uh, Rob Andre he's he's an awesome dude we do everything together but uh, as far as the the market right now I know that's where a lot of people are, are curious where things are going I, I think that the big thing to know is is uh inventory is low rates are super low right now so buyers are still motivated uh with inventory being low it's it's going to keep prices up right. kind of supply versus demand right yeah. and as far as coming out of this it all depends on how things last uh but my my opinion on it is uh, all these people that wanted to list over the spring are going to now list when this kind of clears over in the summer mm-hmm. so we're going to get a lot of listings that go up right. which We'll slow that demand down a little bit because there will be more options on the market. So it's not necessarily going to – people are thinking we're going to have like a 30% decrease or huge recession like we did in 08. It's just not going to happen. Economy's too good. Uh, a lot of the unemployment right now is – is I wouldn't say false unemployment, but it's temporary. Right. As soon as things get going again, everyone's going to have their job back unless yeah. the business went out. Right. So, I mean, things things are looking good. Um I think we're solid. Uh, hopefully, this May first is when we'll kind of turn things around and get get everything going again. I know I'm missing the the gym. How about you, Mike? Uh, yeah. I well, I mean, I got the luxury of having a home gym here. Yeah, how would it be? <laughs> People would be breaking a door down if they knew. They yeah. Had some weights. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, I guess uh, I don't have a home gym. <laughs> we'll just say that. It's just, <laughs> we're in uh we're in like arkansas right yeah somewhere somewhere like that yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean uh, a, a little bit more on on uh the process I, I think another big question people usually are misinterpreted with agents is uh what we do and and what our cost is um uh, a big one's buyers to a buyer we're free the, uh, the listing uh the person who's selling the home that's who pays the agent fees um, they're going to pay the, the listing agent, and they're going to split that commission with the buyer's agent. So you get basically free representation as a buyer. And in this market, and really any market, I highly recommend it because you're going to lose out on homes. Uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you want somebody professionally uh, negotiating for you and having your back oh. in, in that scenario? It's the biggest purchase of your life. So that's a big thing. And as far as on the sale side um, – some big things that have come up in the last few years are these flat rate brokerages like Homie. 
I'm not one to talk bad on on other agents, but uh, you get what you pay for. Um, <laughs> you know, they're they're not going to do the negotiating for you. Uh, a lot of times, if you're going at a flatter rate, um, you're scheduling your own showings. You're you're handling inspections, uh, appraisal, so you're really not getting that agent-backed information. So if you feel confident selling your home, more power to you. I'll never, never uh, knock anyone for wanting to save money. I think that's the, the ultimate thing to my clients is making sure they get the most out of the sale. And I think with having a full-service experienced agent, you're still going to get that. The money you pay on, on the fees, you're going to get back on better offers, it just comes with with more exposure with the marketing that a, a full service agent provides. So you actually give a shit. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> so we, we we tell people uh, most agents do the three P's. They put a sign in your yard, they put your house on the MLS, and then they pray. Oh, that's I mean that's it's it's so common and it's sad. You know you pay a lot of money to to sell your home with an agent and. You should get that. You should get something out of it. And we that's why we put our money back into marketing. We do uh, professional photography. We uh, we help stage your home if it's needed. Um, and then we just we do a lot of boosted Facebook, Instagram. We do a banner out on KSL. We really blast it out there. And then Remax on top of all that, uh, they're the number one brokerage and sales nationwide. So your house gets out there. I was going to say, I, I do... Recall getting, uh, I mean, I know you guys even put out like little, uh, little pamphlet things in the mail too for like customer appreciation stuff. Yep. So that's a big thing we do with, uh, with past clients, current clients, people we're working with is, uh, we do two big events a year. We do a spring event, which COVID-19 has taken over. (laughs) So, so we're hoping to push that out to May to kind of get out there. And and then we do a fall event and, and it's just to give back to our clients. You know, we do. Uh, food, treats, activities, giveaways. So we, we try to stay on, on top of our uh, our past clients and current clients and, and take care of them. Oh, yeah. That's good, man. That's uh, So I know we were, uh, we, I don't know what else you got to talk about right now, but we, I know we were kind of discussing some things before we started about um, like careers in real estate. Uh, what... I guess what was the deciding factor that made you take this route? You know, for me, it's always been I don't like working for the man. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a nine to five guy, and it, it took me a lot of years to figure that out. A lot of jobs, um, but once I got into it, and and it is hard. Don't get me wrong; it's still hard to have that motivation to go to work when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not for everybody, you know, if, if you're not self driven and motivated, then, uh, definitely not for you. But I think it's just always kind of been, I guess, kind of in my blood just to, just to be an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to do bigger and better things. And I just don't care to work for somebody else <laughs> essentially. So no, it's, it's, you know, when I got into it, I, I was still unsure, um, first year was rocky didn't make a ton of money kind of learning the trade and and uh, figuring things out but I also didn't um, apply myself as much as I should have right and it just comes back to that being driven it's like when you don't have to show up anywhere and and you don't have anything going on it, it, it gets stagnant especially when you get a, a good commission check and 
Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm, I'm good to sit around for a month or two. And, <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's a process, you know, the, the average kind of turnaround time in real estate's 90 days. So that's about, you know, I'd say 45 days to, to get the ball rolling on finding mm-hmm. uh, clients that want to sell or buy. And then another 45 days to get them under contract and get the house closed. So it, it really is a 90 day process. So if, if you think about it, you get somebody, you stop the, the first part of that process of finding new leads. And uh, at the end of the 45 day, the other 45 days when you close, you're back to square one. So it'll be another 90 days before you sell another one. So it's just kind of finding that happy medium of continually working on finding new clients while you're closing current clients. And and uh, I think I think for me, what, what the realization came down to is um, being able to provide for my family and still being able to spend a lot of time with them. Right. You know, I did car sales for a while and it was, it was, again, I enjoyed the sales aspect, the, the face to face, just talking and meeting new people, but the hours, I mean, you work a lot of hours in car sales and, and I think it, it just correlates back the, the time you put in versus what you get out of it all has to make sense to you. You know, something we talked about before, um, we kind of jumped on here is, is just kind of the, the process and costs and, and things with real estate too. And, and, uh, you know, every, every, uh, brokerage is different. The, the cost, um, you know, some of them have monthly fees. Some of them have just a transaction fee. Uh, but I mean, if you want to go with a bigger name brokerage, I mean, you're looking at about just to upkeep and stay active. This isn't anything else just to stay active. You're, you know, 10 to 12 grand a year. Um, that's just for your MLS dues, your your board dues, uh, brokerage fees, stuff like that. And, and then on top of all that, you still have your transaction fees and and uh, coordination fees and stuff like that. And then if you have any marketing, you're paying for lead sources, um, doing events. So, so it's definitely something you got to fully think about when you get into it and, and whether you jump in on, on a team and learn under somebody or try to hit at it on your own and and uh the big thing is it's it's a stat um i don't know the dead on number but i want to say it's 87 percent of agents fall out within the first 12 months which is a huge turnover i mean it's so all these numbers that you just threw out there or i mean as far as payment wise this is everything you're paying out to your broker yep so so to the board national association of realtors to have that that I guess logo the R for realtor mm-hmm. um, being part of that which there's a lot that goes into that you know they uh, they support us quite a bit um, the NAR they they go to bat for us making sure that um, things kind of stay in check there and uh, then the brokerage fees again it's gonna vary brokerage to brokerage if you are fine with going with a, a no-name brokerage or flat rate there's gonna be less fees if you want that big name backed and the things that come with it like the trainings and you know, um, at, at my specific brokerage, uh, my broker's awesome. He's always willing to help out, go over goals, set goals, um, just always there to make sure you're getting the most out of unknown, right? Like most yeah. people just don't know. I don't, I'll be honest. It, you know, and, and, and it's, I get it. People are like, oh, they're overpaid. Like they shouldn't, it's, they're, they're expensive. And, and I think where people don't realize though is it's like, we don't have benefits. We don't have paid leave. We don't have any guaranteed pay period. So it's like we're putting our necks out there. 
um, we're basically our own our own business and and uh, comes with some risks obviously and, and we still got to pay our brokerage um, a piece of that pie we got to uh, pay for health insurance things like that so it's it, it, it's definitely understandable when people get that misconception but I think we do a lot more than uh, let me rephrase I think some good agents do a lot more than people realize and and um, unfortunately there are a lot of agents out there that I, I don't think that they uh, do as much as they should for the payment they receive but um, that's where it just comes down to if you're thinking about selling your home interview a few agents I always recommend interview two to three agents so you have kind of an idea of the difference because a lot of people just go with the first agent that reaches out or go with a family or a friend and it's like it should be more about you not helping someone else out always but you getting the best deal out of it making the most money not you know losing out on five grand to help a friend right so so definitely a lot of unknowns there as far as understand asking me questions on on kind of the ins and outs yeah uh so your your partner rob right mm-hmm. uh how long has he been doing this oh man he's he's 13 going on to 14 years so he's, he's over that time so you said he's how what was the percentage of his business so he's he's sitting right around you know that's his big focus is soi sphere of influence so um, past clients, friends, family. Um, I want to say he was about 70% last year of his business was referral-based, um, meaning he That's is on top of his game with, with taking care of his uh, his his clients, family, friends. Right. Um, and that's the ultimate goal in real estate is is to build those relationships and have people want to come back and use you or refer you to a friend or family member and, and kind of continue that process. And uh, – that's he's definitely hit that well and hard and it's it's worked out for him and that's kind of my ultimate goal i hope you know I, most people probably don't know i i helped mike and and his wife megan buy their house about a year almost two years ago now yep and they're i'd say in a pretty awesome place they got a killer deal on this place we found for them and hopefully it was a, a good experience it was all right. <laughs> no. I, knew, I knew you'd give me something there. No, no, it was good, man. Uh, you you busted your ass for us for sure. So, cool, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, market right now, how I mean, how does how's that look? So, kind of touching back, you know, a lot of people are fearful of what's going on right now. I think. Uh, yeah. Teach their own, right? Mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, I'll, I'll dare say it. I think too many people live in fear. I think oh, we yeah. don't have as much Fuck to yeah. fear about as, as the government's kind of pushing off. Um, it's just my opinion on the matter as as far as, uh, you know, what the the mortality rate, these numbers, I think they're very skewed and, and they're causing fear and panic. Um, but as far as the real estate market in, in Utah, especially, I don't know if we're going to have people outside of Utah listening to this and and this is going to vary market to market, but our economy is super strong. Right. And we have so much going on, a lot of new development coming in, especially with the base right over in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, Inventory is <clears throat> low enough that we're still, I mean, I listed I listed two houses in Layton um, a couple of weeks ago, um, put them on the market, both of them on a Monday, had multiple offers by Monday night under contract Tuesday for above asking price. 
Nice. So it's like a lot of people are thinking that it's a it's not a good time. You know, I, I've talked to multiple people that are like, hey, you're not going to convince me it's a horrible time to sell or buy. And I said, why? You know, rates are low. So as far as buying goes, it's, it's not. I mean, you're going to deal with those multiple offer situations because uh, inventory is low. But mm-hmm. again, if you have a good agent that is on top of when houses pop up, there's a lot of agents that are sleeping because they don't think stuff's going on. So uh, you might not know about a house that's on the market until two days in, and and that's when the multiple offers can start happening. So if you're there day one, when it's listed on the market, showing, putting an offer in, you still have a super good chance of getting it at a good price. And uh, again, rates are low, so it just makes sense. The market's good overall to answer your question, and it's going to stay good. You know, I would say definitely if – you want to get the most out of your house list now sooner than later because we don't know what's going to happen we don't know if the market's going to go down so it's not going to crash people need to get that out of their heads it's not going to crash um we might see a, a slight uh, leveling of value we always see a false bubble in the spring is what we call it and it's it's because there's less inventory and there's more buyers so you get that multiple offers driving up the price it's a false price um so a lot of sellers do get a little bit more money if they sell in the spring and it's not hitting as hard as it normally does um, but it's still hitting right. people that are listing and taking that chance they're selling their house quick for the most money and in a month and two weeks and I don't know the the time frame of what's going on right now but you might you might miss out on five ten grand of equity selling your house if you wait a little bit so you don't you don't think that the market's gonna crash? Like, I mean, like everyone's been saying that we're like well past due for a recession. No, I mean I think that some big markets, New York, obviously, there's a ton of stuff going on there. California, mm-hmm. uh, some parts in Texas. I think some of these big big markets, they are gonna have a crash. I don't. I, again, I don't think it's gonna be crazy crazy stuff like 08, because if you look at charts, what happened in 08. 2008 is lending was very loose right. they were lending money to everyone yeah, and anybody yeah um people were paying way more than houses were worth and the big issue there as well is um appraisers at that time you could pick your appraiser mm-hmm. so lenders and appraisers working together and saying hey this person qualifies just valued at this so even if it wasn't worth it an appraiser was still writing it off um to help the lender out to help the buyer out and it was causing people to be weighing over their heads. So when the market did crash, they were just upside down. Yeah. So that's why we had these short sales and uh, foreclosures going on is because people didn't have equity. They couldn't sell their houses. So they were just going under foreclosure. Right now, even if we did have a huge crash where people don't realize they're like, oh, I'm going to jump when the... people have so much equity mm-hmm. right now that even if the market did crash, one, they're not going to sell. Right. they don't need to yeah. people aren't losing their jobs necessarily um and two even if it did crash they're still gonna be okay because they have enough equity to buffer to be able to sell their home gotcha. if that makes sense yeah yeah so no there's not utah's solid i mean i i i can i can positively say 100 percent chance that we're not going to see what we saw in 08 after COVID 19. speaking of which <laughs> Uh, I, I don't normally talk about this whole COVID bullshit for too long just because that's all you fucking hear yeah. anymore. Um, 
but uh, I've, you know, the few people I've talked to about this shit are like uh, a couple people I've heard say this is like biological warfare, and it's all a media scam. What are your thoughts on this whole fucking thing? Oh man, I could go on and on. Um, I, f- I feel like I have like two different parts of me that lean two different ways. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of rumors right off the bat that it was like a man-made thing. But if you actually read into it, it's from a bat. It's from a bat, some, yeah. Some some Chinaman. Chinese delicacy of eating some bats or some shit. Yeah. And uh, they got COVID-19, a virus from it, and, and it spread. And and it it's so hard to say because on one hand you could say, okay, well, if that happened, it's like, it's just like anything else, right? It gets passed around. So it's like, how could one person eating something to get a virus be planned out to mess things up? I think on the other hand, though, how it's being handled, mm-hmm. shutting down things, I think that can be where part of me feels like the government's trying to take control or affect uh, Trump's reelection, so to say, of hoping he doesn't handle it the best way so right I, I think it's a little bit of both right i don't think that it was purposefully made to be a biological warfare but i do think that how it's being handled is trying to make someone look bad that they don't want back in the office i agree with that yeah because it's just like everyone's gonna get it right and i think yeah. the big misunderstanding people are having is we're on this quarantine so it'll go away which isn't the case. They've already said 89% of the population is going to get it regardless over the next, I don't know what it is, 12 months, 18 months. Yeah. Everyone's going to get it, Yep. essentially. People might not show symptoms of it or have a bad sickness over it, but yeah. um, we're going to get it. They're just trying to slow down the rate at which it's spreading spread yeah. so that it's not an overrun hospitalization to where more people that need help end up dying. Right. Which I don't, I don't disagree with. I think that if they could have been more strict on the shutdown right off the bat, I don't think it'd be lasting this long. Right. Like yeah. if they could have said, everyone go get your essentials for three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Get everything you need for three weeks and everyone hunker down for three weeks. Like I think it could have saved a lot of this long drawn out. I'm missing the gym. Like I'm missing stuff, man. And, and it, uh, we're going a little crazy. We yeah. got, we got three little ones that <clears throat> we're stuck at home with and, they're they're missing school and it's you know we're not we're not teachers it's hard teaching our kids that that they're missing in school and and uh they got to give it to teachers for sure i don't know how they do it (laughs) uh some teachers that that's true some teachers uh i don't know what it takes to be a teacher nowadays but yeah we're not gonna get into that (laughs) but uh what was i gonna say Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you, how you said, uh, like, if, if they would have just told everybody, like, go get essentials for three weeks or whatever. What's your take on all these fucking assholes hoarding everything and just ransacking fucking stores and buying everything and screwing it for everybody else? It's just, I mean, it's human nature, right? I guess for people to freak out and why though it's weird it is and it it makes me wonder i'm like the same thing it's i don't know if people thought this was going to be worse than it was right off the bat because i'm seeing like stores are stocked back up pretty much i mean i haven't i don't go through freaking 
80 rolls of toilet paper in a week. I don't know about other people, but I mean, we usually buy a big pack every couple months right. for our family. So it's like, I don't even walk through the toilet paper section very often. So I don't know if it's kind of stocking back up or not, but it's ridiculous. I mean, I think people, people overreacted immensely and there's always going to be those people that are selfish and, you know, went in and bought seven, eight packs and had their family each grab one and go through the line separate, whatever the case. And it just comes back around to the, the media's um, influence on mm-hmm. people. And that's, that's exactly what it is. Well, see, and <clears throat> I kind of got into this discussion a little bit as with Megan because she comes from an LDS background. Um, and she told me some shit that I didn't even fucking know about the LDS religion or the people. Like, I guess they're told by the church members or leaders that they should just stock up on that kind of stuff regularly. Mm-hmm. So the thing that's funny to me is as far as all this practice, what you preach kind of stuff, um, I'm, I don't know, I'm not religious, but uh, it's like none of them, I would say uh, like the vast majority of the LDS population um, were the ones that went in and like ransacked the store for the toilet paper and paper towels and all that stuff, that uh, your, your, your non-perishables. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't get why, because my whole thing is, is like a, you know, a day before you didn't know anything about this COVID shit. Nobody was saying anything. And now all of a sudden, not just LDS, but all these stupid fucks, (laughs) just these panicking ass people that I can't fucking stand all these people a day, a day before you didn't know shit about it. And then someone says one thing about there's some new virus and, and everybody freaks the hell out and just, buys all this shit you're you're hoarding stuff mm-hmm. so my whole thing with that is is i've said it before a lot but i mean with with the the people's behavior with all this shit it like basically comes across as like it's all about me and screw you to everybody else like humanity you know what i mean when there's mm-hmm. a there's a crisis or some of you know, this pandemic shit people hear that word they freak the hell out and it's like it's not about helping your fellow man anymore. It's just about you. That ain't the right way to be. No, definitely not. So, nope, I agree. I think, uh, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how it started, personally. Like, I, I just went into the store one day. I remember. I remember specifically, I went into, uh, I think I went to Smith's first. And, uh everything was gone yeah like shelves were empty and i'm like what is going on and i'm like i heard like there's a sickness going around but what's going on and and then i I drove over to uh winco with my wife and i remember i walked in the front doors and i remember seeing the line from the registers all the way to the back of the store just like a single file line like 80 people deep and we turned around and walked out it's like yeah we needed stuff but at the same time and that's that's where it gets my curiosity is you know we don't keep a ton of food on hand we're kind of those like one week at a time shoppers mm-hmm. get what we need for the week go back i mean sometimes we go back in the middle of the week forgot something we just we're not big planned 
$300 grocery shit. It's just, it's not how we do. And, uh, um, I just remember walking out and I'm like, well, my wife's like, well, we need to, I'm like, we can get by, we can get by for a week if we need to. And, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll feed the kids all, all the essentials we have. And, and we have probably about 20 tubs of protein we got on sale on black Friday that we can, yep. we can just live off of protein shakes for, for a month if we need to. So, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy how people are. You're right. You're like the humanity part of things of, of helping others and, and doing what's right. It, it's crazy that when something like that happens, it's like that shuts off in people's minds and, yep. and it's me, me, me. Yeah. Because nobody needed that much stuff. I mean, half the people that got what they got, it was enough for, for most people, it was enough for six plus months. Yeah. So I don't know if they just have this misconception of how long it would last, but who knows? I, I think maybe now I'm just, I don't know. Like, uh, I heard something <clears throat> a little while ago that like, um, the way shit was in Italy that there were uh, military personnel and police, like law enforcement, like marching and patrolling like residential roads daily with a megaphone and like yelling at people that they had to stay in their house and if they had to have some sort of doctor's note or some kind of legit excuse to set foot outside for any reason. Um, and then it was like a $5,000 fine mm-hmm. if you were caught. So I'm thinking that maybe that was part of this whole thing is people here probably thought it was going to be the same kind of shit like you have to stay inside you can't set foot outside or you're going to get fined Hmm. well it could be but still it's like i I think we're only like two weeks behind italy or something like that so Mm -hmm. it's like i just don't know why people thought it would last so long even if that did happen yeah right it's it's and it's it's two completely different worlds from that country to this country and how things are run and and again, I'd like to know how many people actually uh, know somebody over in these areas to know if what's shown on media and mm-hmm. the news is actually what's happening or if it's just as skewed. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious. Yeah. I don't know, man. This, uh, hopefully they, this shit dies off relatively quick because, man, this, this way of life is shit you know and it's it's always like looking at the positive side of things right like getting more time with your family and and nobody cares about that (laughs) (laughs) as as long as you were smart and had and that's it hopefully this will help people learn to uh you know have reserves um not just the food but income it's like you just nothing's guaranteed and that's kind of coming back over to real estate people are like anything sells or or self-employment they're like, well, it's scary because it's not guaranteed. Your nine to five job isn't guaranteed. Just because you have a salary or an hourly pay, that's not guaranteed. You can get laid off. You can get fired at any time. Your business can go bankrupt. Yep. It's just like nothing's guaranteed. So it's do what you love and and do the best you can at it and, and be smart. You know, there's there's yep. too many people out there that um, I don't agree with it. I, I think everyone's got a different mindset on it, but kind of living paycheck to paycheck but they love their life they're enjoying it's like i think there's a fine line right yeah between enjoying life and splurging to where in the back of your mind you're always struggling Mm -hmm. and uh it's just not a good place to be in my opinion i don't like it i've never been that way sometimes you know i've been more more uh frugal 
with my money and yeah. and it's it, that's not good either i think that you should um, reward yourself when you make money right um, to an extent but i also think that you should save and and be prepared if if you possibly lose your job or out of work for a couple months and not have to uh be in a place that you have to go into foreclosure on your home or or sell your belongings and and uh set yourself back in life so and i know it's 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 always different situations um not everyone can do real estate not everyone's meant for self-employment and starting their own business but just find what you love and and uh be smart with your money yeah i'll see i think the problem too with that though is like a lot of the population it's hard for them to to save any money or even just put even a little bit of their paycheck away because i mean there's a vast majority of people that are like currently behind on shit you know what i mean that that they're always trying to have to like they when they know when they get their paycheck it's gone trying to get caught up and 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 i think in some scenarios it is real but i'd almost i'd almost bet a big chunk of change that if you looked at the majority of those people their spending habits how many of them eat out three four times a day yeah how many of them buy new toys when they don't i mean it's again it just kind of comes back around to that i i agree with you wholeheartedly that cost of living is insane mm-hmm. and there's not always jobs that people qualify for want to do that they can make what they need so in those scenarios yeah I, I totally agree that it is it is hard um in this life but i think that um the majority of those people are are uh living outside their budget yeah would you agree uh, yeah maybe i uh, know fully um that was actually in reference to <laughs> uh, some people I know who uh, don't make shit for income, but try to live well beyond their means. Um, it, it, it happens a lot. And then you hear the constant bitching and griping about how I can't get back on top. I can't take care of my shit. You know, this is going to get turned off or yeah. It all just comes back around to, I mean, how much are we taught about finances when we're younger? Yeah. nothing i think i remember taking like one one class in high school i don't even remember if it was mandatory or not it was just a six month kind of finance class that i took and you went to high school yeah bro oh i, gra- I graduated oh i didn't make it past like fifth grade so oh whatever <laughs> no man it's it's uh i think they need to implement some more stuff like that in schools i, I think they should yeah I don't, uh, man, I was, I was blown away of that to find out that everything is a computer now or online. Yeah. Our kids got sent home with, uh, like iPads to do their, to do their schoolwork on. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand that. I mean, I'm not an old motherfucker, but I mean, I'm older. Like what, what, what happened to books? Yeah. Like physical well, books. And it's bad too. Like I understand that that's kind of where the world's going, but it's like these kids, they want to live in a in a computer and a screen now. Yeah. And it, it's it's hard too though, because right, because we have a little one, and uh, sometimes it's just easier to throw on YouTube or or a game on your phone when they're screaming and yelling and and uh, give in. But yeah. I, I, again, it's finding a balance and still getting them outdoors and stuff. But it's it's hard when you're 
when you're preoccupied with life and work and and uh painting yeah <laughs> yeah and projects yeah finishing basements and shit yeah yeah it sucks no stuff to say nope you're good what are we at time wise um 36 minutes that's it yeah damn well we wasted like a good Shit, we half hour for just as long beforehand huh yeah <clears throat> well what do you like to keep podcasts at um hour hour and a half usually you asking how long yeah 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 uh i don't exceed anything over two hours i think that's because yours and megan was like 46 right 46 minutes uh, edited down gotcha so i personally i think any any podcast i mean unless it's like some super interesting shit that you're just captivated by Mm -hmm. i think anything over two hours is just too much i I feel like an hour like right around that point that's just i mean most people what they have time for yep well i mean the only the the thing that got me into podcasts uh, and i said i'm wanting to do it is because i'm a fucking flooring installer so i'm in an empty new construction house all day by myself with a big ass speaker so i listening to him yeah i would just listen to joe rogan all day i got into joe rogan for a little bit and uh did you ever watch uh ben greenfield uh-uh. and check him out some of his stuff's a little weird he's uh he's uh i guess you consider him like a biohacker oh, shrinking down <laughs> i felt like i was so far away from oh. the mics and <laughs> like forward um he, he just there's some of the stuff I don't care for, right? Yeah. But he's big into, like, health and biohacking your health, mm. figuring out new things to keep fat off or or different things that you can do to help with your gut microbiome. Like, there's some cool stuff behind it, but <clears throat> the hard stuff is a lot of the stuff you want to do is just, like, outrageously expensive or the cost of it. Like, there's a, there's a test that uh, you can basically, like, shit in a cup and send it send it and okay. uh they they test your feces for for uh how your gut works uh-huh. and it, they can tell you like what you're eating that you shouldn't be that's fucking your guts up or what you should be eating to help digestive or uh build immune just different things right for yeah. health and it's like there's always things that you want to do but it's like to get legit high-end testing you're like gonna be eight hundred thousand bucks for some of the stuff yeah. I've seen kits you can get for like 150 bucks to do something similar, mm. but I mean that's stuff I always like. As you know, I'm a health freak, and yeah. it's like I always want to learn new stuff with that. So Ben Greenfield's got some good ones as far as that stuff goes. So he tells you how to shit in a cup, huh? It's, it's on one. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's cool, and that'd be a lot of useful information, especially for one specific person, like your specific needs. Mm-hmm. But man, that's gross as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, just shit in a cup and send it off. Yeah, in the it's mail. a little weird, right? Especially if, whose job is that? Yeah, open this prime cup of poop up and <laughs> test away. Yeah, man. <laughs> Holy shit, that's that's a shitty job. Literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, if you want, you I don't care. You talk about lifting or not lifting, going to the gym, not going to the gym. Uh supplements that you use what you prefer i don't mean but you know protein source um plant-based 
whatever. You know about all this shit, man. I mean, a little bit. I mean, I'm not an expert on it. <laughs> I know a little bit of shit that works for me, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, how have you been with diet? You been slacking? Fucking terrible. Were, were you going to the gym before all this, or were you just using your at-home stuff? Just at home. I haven't, dude, I haven't gone to the gym, an actual gym, for probably well over a year. Just over it? Uh, just have time, really, probably, huh? Well, dude, switching to the flooring installation shit that I've been doing, I, I'm on my hands and knees all day putting flooring in. I don't have the drive or the energy to get off working a 10 or 12 hour a day doing that shit and then come home shower and go to the gym so if i figured if i felt like lifting at all i could just do a little bit here um but i also got sick of all these fucking people when you do go to the gym and you got these people leaning on equipment or you know having conversations or they're just sitting there checking their phone and shit it's like if you're not using this piece of equipment get the fuck out of the way do you find it harder to <clears throat> be motivated to work out from home though oh fuck yeah see and that's been our problem like with when all this went down like this is the longest i've missed the gym in let's see i went into the military in 2010 so it's, it's probably the longest i've missed the gym in nine years mm-hmm. i mean in the last nine years it's been max four or five days and that's if i'm on vacation or or i mean even on vacation i usually try to get a lift into just because you feel good when you're yeah. that's what you're used to your schedule so <clears throat> when when all this went down we're like okay well if this is gonna be down for a month and a half two months of the gym do we invest in equipment for for starters everyone freaking bought all the cheap shit up right away oh yeah dumbbells basic weights kettlebells that was all gone mm-hmm. so then we started looking into like full cable systems yeah. right like the all-in-one that had the uh the rack that the the smith machine bar was hooked up to the weight stacks rather than mm. having to buy weights right yeah and then they had all the different pulley systems on there came with an adjustable bench but i mean the one that we found that we're like that would service everything we need absolutely everything we need came with attachments everything for 700 bucks and then you just like okay so we'd use it it'd be sweet to have it home if there's ever times we don't want to go to the gym or miss we have it but then it's like is forty seven hundred dollars worth possibly using that equipment a couple times a month? Yeah, that's what I was gonna you say. Know, on top of paying fifty, sixty, seventy bucks a month for gym memberships. Yeah. So you know, we we almost pulled the trigger and, and then I looked, I got it in the car and it's like two to three weeks shift time. I'm like, Well fuck, by the time we get it, gyms are gonna be back open. <laughs> so then we just held off and we're just doing kind of <clears throat> shitty uh bungee like the little uh, weighted cables, or not cables. Uh, the bands. Yeah, the but not like the not like the thick bands, but like the the round. Oh ones yeah, with yeah, handles yeah. on yeah. each end. Yeah, yeah. Are those bungees? I don't even know yeah, what they're called. Yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, we've just been doing simple stuff with that. You can hook it in the door and do flies and. So you like standing on it and shit, doing curls. Yeah, and do some of that stuff. So that's what we've been doing what we can. I mean, I've, I've probably only been consistent. I mean, the first the first week and a half the gym was out, I just didn't do anything. I was busy with work. 
kind of took it as an opportunity to take time off because I've been a little demotivated with the gym lately. Yeah. I mean, when you've been working out for, I don't know, 15, 16 years, like, you just get in those slumps, I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. And I've been in one lately, and uh, work's picked up, and it's just like, I find it harder and harder to go. I still go, but when I go, I get a half-ass workout. And yep. so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take these two weeks to kind of hopefully reset and uh, maybe get my diet back in check because we just went off the deep end. We were going to we were going to Winco. You know the bulk bins at Winco? Oh, yeah. We are yeah. getting like, I'm not even joking you, dude, like six or seven bags of candy, like <laughs> a pound of a pound of chocolate-covered pretzels, a pound of gummy worms, a pound of... Uh, chocolate cover peanut just like going nuts yeah and we would no joke go through all of that shit in like two or three days on the weekend just chilling fucking <laughs> plowing it back watching <laughs> watching movies holy fuck and uh i don't know if it just came from being so clean for such a long time and it's just like binged and then but then you get in a bad habit where it's like you need that sugar you yeah. want that sugar and so that's been something that um I kind of set in, in place a four-week no sugar, and mm. I've been pretty consistent. There's been, like, <clears throat> wife made some freaking peanut butter cookies, and I'm like, well, they're, they're peanut butter, right? Well, yeah. Still full sugar, but no, so it's been it's been hard not being in the gym. So when you, I mean, you, you were, or you are, I guess, are, are you a nutritionist or a trainer or something like that? So, so it's not active. I had another dabble that I did, uh, right. Jack of all trades. I, <laughs> I had my, uh, uh, national association. So it's the NASM, mm-hmm. um, personal training certification. Right. And, and I tried it for a little bit and I enjoy helping people. Like that's overall, like where my, where my background comes from with sales. I enjoy helping people. Right. And, and some people will say that like I could do better if I cared less about helping people and more about the commission. <laughs> right. Cause I'm not pushy. There's, there's people that I could easily push into doing things and making more money, but that's just not my, my morals. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I tried that for, for a little bit through Vasa mm-hmm. and, uh, I didn't like how they trained, like you had to stick and they changed since then, but you had to stick to like their model of how to train people. And it was like the TRX, Have you seen the TRX, uh, I don't know what to call them, TRX, uh, ropes or bands or whatever, but you always see them in the gyms hanging from like different racks oh, and yeah, you can yeah. put your feet up in them and do abs and push-ups and yeah body weight style stuff like that was their model like that's that's all they did and so yeah Voss says they just their model with the uh trx bands it used to be that way but it's just not what a lot of people want to do I mean, some older people that are, are just trying to be fit but most people want to go dabble in weights right so i just didn't care for what they did and and so after that i I tried a little bit on the side, um, mainly wrote diet plans and stuff. But again, I just realized it's just there's so many fitness models on on Instagram. They're selling ebooks mm-hmm. and and different custom meal plans. And the sad part is, people waste their money on that stuff because they're they're not. <clears throat> most of them, I'll say most of them are are not legit. Right. I've seen a couple of them on some big names and. It's funny because if you actually know what you're looking at, you can sit and look at what they have. Let's, let's just say like some macros or calories calculated out on their meals. Mm-hmm. You calculate out on a macro calculator yeah. or a nutrition calculator, 
and it's completely different than what they say it uh, is. Does that make sense? So they'll yeah. say like, these were my three or four meals for the day and they equal this, this, and this. But then if you actually put that exact same stuff in a calculator, mm-hmm. it's like off by three or 400 calories or the macros are off by 50 grams of protein. And it's like, huh. it, it makes me wonder sometimes I'm like, are they just, are they sending this out to people? Cause they don't want them to get as shredded and, and looking good as them. Or is it just so basic that they can get away with people losing weight or seeing some results off of it? Cause it's not custom to each person. There's no way they could right. do that. Yeah. Take way too much time. That's true. So that's my little bit of personal training. Obviously I've always loved fitness. And so I have quite a bit of years of, uh, <clears throat> kind of reading and learning about it, but yeah, it's, you know how I am. I think everyone's different and I, I hate recommending stuff cause if it doesn't work, then I'm like, Oh, I look bad, but yeah. I mean, I kind of know what works for me. And I think for most people, it's fairly similar. It's you eat clean of shit and, don't have sugar and eat inside your your calories and, and 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 somewhat on the macro side obviously you don't want all your calories from fat or just protein or just carbs like it's kind of that moderation thing if everything's fairly even and it's all clean food you know lean meats the whole sources of carbs potatoes um not fried potatoes no but uh you know <laughs> a baked red potato um oatmeal well, what's so you're you've kind of gotten to the point where you're not like you're you're out of the whole like bulking up right like trying to just be as big as you can yeah yeah Uh, it's just hard it's hard to eat that much food Mm -hmm. and especially with the real estate schedule like there's times where we're all work and and that's hard thing too is is there's times we're all work 8 a.m to 8 or 9 p.m yeah. And it's go, go, go to where I don't have time to stop and eat. And, and it's always like you always have time to eat. And you do. But yeah. sometimes you just forget or or yeah. you're not hungry or whatever the case. You're stuck in an appointment longer than you planned. So um, it's just too hard to, to balance that type of lifestyle with what I do for work. And I'm just over it too. Like it, it's just too much work to focus on to, to bulk up and get freaking massive and so you you still want your strength and all that stuff, like your strength gain, but you just want to be more lean, like cut, right? I honestly don't care about strength anymore either. Like, what? I want to be strong. Well, get me wrong, yeah, but yeah. like most of my injuries that I've gotten are from freaking lifting stupid and heavy. Yeah. Right? Like <clears throat> my uh, my shoulders are always in and out from heavy shoulder press or heavy incline press. Like I remember at one point I was repping. I mean, and granted, you got to remember I weigh hundred. 70 175 most of the time walk around and and i was repping like 285 to 315 on inclined bench press for 10 12 reps on my fifth set like stuff's hard on your shoulders oh yeah yeah um throwing up 90 to 100 pound dumbbells for seated shoulder press yeah and it's just like i'm i'm i still try to dabble in some higher weights like don't get me wrong like i'll still get up there in the 80s and stuff on on shoulder but i feel like a lot of that's ego and i'll still admit it like (laughs) you're sitting there and you see other guys and you're like oh i don't look as big as you but watch this yeah yeah and so it it gets into ego there but no i'm just about being moreover healthy i want longevity but i want to look good yeah like i want to be lean and 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 more of that comes from diet than lifting honestly it's it's hard to do hand in hand 
Like it's hard to um, diet really clean when you're not going to the gym. Yeah. So that's our struggle right now is keeping a clean diet when you're not going. But really, I just I know people that have been in the game for 15 years and they could miss the gym for two months, but they eat so consistently that they freaking stay shredded all year round. Yeah. So as far as maintenance goes, um, it doesn't take a ton to lift wise to keep muscle. So you're you're kind of like you know who Seth Ferrosi is, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you you want to have like the you want to be functional and fuckable, like he says. Yeah, but he's still fucking massive. Oh, he's a big fucker he's for a big sure. Dude. Yeah, I mean, is he, that what he says? Is is he's functional? Yeah. So he. I mean, I guess I I've only probably seen like three videos of his. Oh, he's a funny dude. <clears throat> he's got a podcast too. Does he? Yeah, it's the uh, HWMF podcast. Yeah, he makes me laugh my ass off. The few videos I've seen. Yeah. Feroz, he's, he's he's fucking cool, man. I like watching his shit. I followed him for a long time. But, yeah, he's a he's a big son of a bitch. You know who I miss that uh, had some awesome podcasts and, and YouTube videos? Actually, I don't even know if it was podcasts, but it was YouTube videos. Oh, you're, um, you're going to say it? Rich Piana. Yeah, man, piano. Dude. <laughs> it, and it's so weird because it's, it's how life works. But, um, you know, I always go to Olympia mm-hmm. out in Vegas every year and – did you ever meet him? So I never met him. Like, I have two pictures where I'm standing in front of his booth, but his lines were always so long. Yeah. But he was just never somebody that I followed at that point in time. So right. I didn't know how cool he was. Mm-hmm. And so I never wanted to wait in his lines because there's other people that I wanted to yeah. meet. I mean, I, I've met some pretty cool dudes at uh, at Olympia. You need to come one year. I've been wanting to. Yeah, fucker. You got to met D, uh, DLB and oh, yeah, Rob. Yeah. yeah, you love DLB, huh? <clears throat> yeah, my wife loves loves Daniel and Bailey too. Um, yeah, we met them, um, and uh, I mean, I've met Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Um, Did you meet him before he was all fucked up from the surgeries, or was he? <clears throat> like- no, the year that I met him, he actually came in on his little his crutches. Oh, okay. He had because I think he had just got a hip surgery yep. prior to that. So, no, super cool dude, and he's so much bigger than you realize like in person even at his age like oh i'm sure he's still huge huge yeah but then it's funny too because it's opposite with some people like you see him on their instagram and stuff and you're like they're fucking massive mm-hmm. and you stand next to him and i'm like i'm the same size yeah like uh i don't know if you follow much of the physique side of things uh you know, jeremy buendia no so he was a four-time olympia champ for uh men's physique okay and then the new one that beat him out was brandon hendrickson and there's yeah. another one this last year, but I mean, I've, I've met both of those two guys and don't get me wrong. They're shredded and they're good size. But I mean, for me being an average Joe that isn't all stacked up on all the shit they're taking, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't feel superior to them at all. Really? So it's like lighting on a stage and when you lean out, like mm-hmm. it definitely portrays a lot bigger than they are. Right. But no, it's, it's, it's cool to meet those guys and it's just, sometimes it's a freak show there. Some of the people, you, I mean, you see some chicks, and you're like, was that a dude or was that a chick? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've bigger. noticed that's kind of, I don't, I don't know, I guess I wouldn't say it's just now becoming more popular, but I see a shit ton more females now, like in the last, I don't know, five years, I guess, that are like just huge, ripped as shit. What does that look do for you? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's gross. <laughs> I mean, it's just like <clears throat> there, there's a reason why why uh, women don't have high testosterone levels. 
Yeah. And when they do, yeah, is it still a female? Is it a man at that point? I don't know. <laughs> and it again, I, I guess I, I'm not trying to be rude. That's some people just that's what they're into. That's what they love. Oh yeah, totally. More power to them. It's not my cup of tea. I think it's not attractive for a woman to be bigger than me. But yeah, um, is what it is, right? Yeah, to each their own. No, you need to come out to Olympia with me one year. We we already have a room booked for this coming year. Hopefully, uh, it stays going. I mean, I hope this freaking COVID shit is done. May 1st, like they think it is, and things open back up. I mean, that's when gyms are said to open back up, right? May 1st, from what I hear right now. Right. School's supposed to reconvene May 1st. Um, that depends on which county. I asked my buddy that, too. He, he's in Weber County. <clears throat> Do they have different dates? So we're in Davis. It, yeah, we're in Davis. And, and May 1st. It, it was May 1st, but then he said that the, the school board basically just, just figured out and they decided that there's no point in bringing kids back for – a month or a month and a half to just have them out for summer again. And I don't, I don't know. I'd say I don't disagree, but that'd be a nice month, month and a half break for, <laughs> for us parents. Um, yeah. But who knows? I mean, for me, it's more, I, I, I'd love to see everything get back. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast session up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Those that tuned in, uh, please like subscribe, rate, follow all that good shit. Um, if you don't want to listen to it, that's fine too. Just subscribe anyway, so it helps me out with some points. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have any uh, questions or anything you want to reach out and get in contact with my guest, Gerald, uh, I'll, he'll leave his info. Info? <laughs> he'll leave his information uh, on his outro on this podcast. So go ahead, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, it's cool. First podcast, hopefully many more, but... Uh, yeah, if you guys have any real estate related questions, uh, looking to sell or buy, if you're in the, the, I mean, I mainly specialize in Weber and Davis County, but anywhere kind of around there, uh, feel free. You can reach out on, on uh, Mike's email through through the podcast and he can pass along my info. Uh, not sure how many people are going to write this down, but I will share my, my number on here. It's, it's already shared everywhere anyways, but it's uh, 801-928-3055. Uh, feel free to text or call and, and ask any real estate related questions you may have. Oh yeah. Sounds good. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everyone be safe out there. Stay clean, wash your hands, your ass, everything. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks.